Well, good morning. Welcome to church. It's great to have you here um, on Sunday morning again. And if you're joining us um, after on podcast, welcome to you as well. It's great to have you if you're on DVD or wherever you are, whenever you are. It's great to have you at church with us. And this morning we are finishing our series of Stories of Hope. This is our fifth week in the series. And I've, I found it personally super encouraging hearing each person and each couple's different story, the way that God has moved in different, um, different ways. And I think that's one of the great things about a personal walk with Jesus is that he calls us all differently. He walks with us as we are and moves in our life um, in different ways. And each of them are just as powerful as the next person. And so I want to encourage you to continue to tell your stories, to continue to share your stories. I know that's been happening in the Zoom after parties a little bit and in small groups and in different settings. Um, so I want to encourage you to keep doing that because it's a powerful way to witness and to encourage other um, Christians and non-Christians alike um, towards their own faith journey. Um, this morning, Mark Poole is with me. And before we get started, I just want to give parents a little bit of a heads up that some of the things that we talk about um, in today's story are, are a little mature in their themes. And um, if you've got children around and you want to maybe watch it by yourselves first, feel free to hit pause and come back and watch it by yourselves later and then share it with your kids. Or, um, but I just want to give you a bit of a warning that maybe some of the things we talk about um, are some mature in nature. So um, you can make that call as parents to, to, as to what you do and how you proceed uh, with this story. So Mark, thanks so much for joining us this morning. And um, you're married to Michelle, who works in the office here, or not in the office at the moment, from home, but uh, who's normally sitting and welcoming us um, and answering the phone calls and doing the newsletters and a million things, keeping the church running. But she's not the only Michelle that you've been married to. Yeah, I guess that might be a surprise for some people. It's not uh, something I often talk about, but um, she's the new and improved version. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I married another Michelle that came with two little kids of her own in 94, a long time ago. And uh, uh, we had two more little kids and uh, we, had a, we had a few struggles and those struggles got worse and uh, despite best, best efforts, um, that marriage failed, um, which was a pretty traumatic time in my life. Yeah. yeah. So that would have left, I imagine, you in a pretty dark place in your life, or a sad place. Do you remember sort of what what happened in the in the time after that that marriage breakdown? Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't often forget. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I was I was really broken hearted. Um, I felt like we, we were farming together at the time, and. Uh, I felt like all of my dreams and my precious children and everything had been stolen away from me and there was nothing I could do about it. And I was just broken hearted, I was, I was lost, um, I, I just didn't know what to do next. It was a really, really difficult time and uh, look, I, in not knowing what to do next, I just... Uh, I've got a big road bike, I packed it full of camping gear and I just set off on a, I didn't know what it was called, a, a working holiday maybe, but just trying to, 
I guess either reset myself or find myself because I I was quite lost. Yeah. 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 And did that happen? Did you find yourself? Yeah, well, um, ironically, as brokenhearted as I was, I, I, uh, I guess it sort of came to a head in a place that many of you will have heard of called Broken Hill. So, <laughs> um, look, I tried to find work there and I couldn't. I was, I was getting pretty desperate. I was, yeah, I was no, no closer to finding myself and I was, uh, I, I was drinking quite a bit. Um, I, I, haven't been a big drinker, but uh, I was at that point. It wasn't helping, and I, I remember stumbling home late one night to my tent uh, in the caravan park, and uh, yeah, I, I was just absolutely miserable, and I was in such a dark, dark place that I uh, I couldn't think of a reason to go on, and. Uh, I was set up for the full camping adventure, so I had fishing rod and I had a battle rifle. And uh, in my uh, intoxicated state, I loaded that rifle and I cocked it and I cried. And uh, and then in a last desperate plea or attempt, I cried out to God and I said, look, I know you're there, if you care, you better do something now, because yeah. I can't think of a reason anymore. And did you do something? Yeah, well, something miraculous happened that night. Um, I woke up. That's the first miracle. <laughs> I woke up in the morning. I woke up to bird song, and it, um, it was a bright, sunny day, and. The first thought I had was I remembered where I was last night. And I guess you've probably heard about people who drink a lot. Um, when they sort of get quite intoxicated, they don't they have um, memory lapses of what happened during the night. So that had never happened to me in my wild sort of younger years. I'd never not remembered something embarrassing I'd done the night before. Never. Yet, when I woke up, all I remembered was the loaded rifle and crying out to God. And I was worried that if I rolled over, I was going to set it off. And I searched around, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't on my swag. And I searched the tent, and um, it might sound stupid, but I was pretty firearm safety conscious in those days. So I had a separate lockbox over here for the ammunition, one over here for the magazine, and the, and the rifle was kept over here, wrapped up in a um, satchel, and everything was put away. Now, I couldn't have done that, because it, it took, it was a lot of effort to load the blooming thing in my state. Yeah. Uh, yet, there it was. Now, I don't know how that happened, but it did. Yeah. And so for you, that was a real miraculous moment of God answering that prayer the night before. Well, yeah. 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 That was the point that I I knew that God was more than a kid on an anthill with a magnifying glass with me as the ant underneath it. Yeah. Because that's sort of what I thought. Because you'd grown up in a Christian home, you'd sort of known Christ as a as a child. Yeah, yeah. So God wasn't someone 
completely had no idea about. You sort of had a, a knowledge of God growing up. Yeah, my whole wider family. Um, my, my family, we went to church regularly. I went to Sunday school. Right to the point where um, I was actually baptised by immersion. This is a family tradition, even though we weren't Baptists. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't really for me, and it wasn't about a relationship with God. It was really for my family. And so did you, do you feel like you had a, a walk with God prior to this moment in the tent? Uh, not, not really. Um, very sound teaching, but I didn't really question it as an adult. I didn't delve into it. Um, I didn't have a relationship with God. I just knew he was there. I, I did doubt his care for me. Yeah. And that was exacerbated in years to come. Sure. So you wake up in the tent, find that, that God has answered your prayer. Where, where to from there? What happens next? Well, that was the great question I was asking myself. So something miraculous had happened. So I packed up the bike and headed off. And I didn't know where, I just pointed it and went. And a day or two later I found myself at Port Lincoln down on the bottom of the Air Peninsula in South Australia. Beautiful place. And uh, I, I, I'd been thinking about this night in the tent constantly. Couldn't get it out of my head. Um, but I didn't know what to do with it. And uh, at, at Port Lincoln, it, it, something felt like I just should stay here for a bit. I had to get some parts for the motorbike. I walked into the shop and uh, as a sign on the window, the mechanic wanted to fly within. And I asked the guy at the shop, oh, you want a mechanic? Um, he said, yeah, do you want to apply? And I said, well, I want a car mechanic. He said, we don't want a car mechanic, we want a motorbike mechanic. And this idea pops into my head, and I reckon this is God again. I said to him, well, how about you just uh, let me work for a week? If you don't like it, you don't have to pay me. We can go separate ways. But if you do, get me on and go from there. And he said, all right, where's your overalls? That's the way I'm going. He said, some out the back. So you go in the back and meet Chuka, and uh, you can start from there. But Chuka, right there. So I go through the door, there's only me, the new mechanic, and Chuka. Chuka was about six foot six and about as wide, covered in tattoos, big beard, big beefy fella. He was the Harley Davidson mechanic. And uh, pretty scary looking inside. I shook his hand, and my hand disappeared in his hand. And he says, Chuck is the name, born again Christian. What about you? I thought, wow! <laughs> and then, then he just went to work on me after that. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> wow. So did Chuka tell you a bit, a bit about his story? And oh, yeah. It was the first thing he did. Like on that same afternoon, yeah. um, um, coffee break, he, said, he tells me how him and his wife, as adults that have had kids and been living together for um, eight or nine years, they went to some conference. They both gave their lives to God in that instant. They'd never been involved with any church before. And, and that night they were talking about uh, now they feel like they need to move out before they can, uh, and get married before they can live together. And within a week they'd moved out. And then three months later they're married and they 
they moved back in again. That's how seriously they took that commitment on that day. It was just an amazing story. And he he would he would go to town on all these Harley guys that would come in. What's wrong with your bike? But I was such and such. And say, are you a Christian? <laughs> it was pretty funny to watch, but it really had an impact on me. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask. So, what sort of impact did it have on you? How did that influence the next steps for you? Well, I guess what I didn't see was uh, God's manoeuvring in the background. He, he was constantly in that time at Port Lincoln. It was about three months. He's bringing different Christian people around me out of the woodwork, out of the blue. That one, yeah. um, a family I've met at the conference there, and then I started going to a church, and um, there was a pastor there that uh, he, he took me under his wing a bit, and he had some amazing stories as well. I shared one with him, and uh, all these people that, you know, there wasn't any bolt of lightning from them, but um, these people all just loved me, and they, uh, I guess the, the, the point that got me to um, commit my life to God was at a point that just, I, I was totally, um, yeah, his love for me was uh, absolutely not in doubt. And, and I guess I got to the point of realising that, hey, it's not about me. I was created for God. This is about God. Yeah. Yeah. So God was um, working in your life. He was bringing people into your life. Um, but there was parts of your life that God was also restoring in your life. Can you tell me about some of those, those areas of your life that God was restoring during this time? Yeah, sure. I guess uh, my dad and I had a, a, a difficult relationship when I was growing up. His great parents I had. I really loved and caring home. And... Uh, once I started to make that awkward transition from, you know, um, kid to teenager to, to man, um, I really struggled with my dad. Um, he was a very emotional sort of man. He was very open with his emotions, and uh, I was embarrassed with that. You know, I thought a bloke's job was to be strong, be tough. You know, you don't cry. I was, I was embarrassed about that, and I didn't want to be like that. Um, but I was very close to my grandma, his mum, and uh, she she died an awful death, um, awful cancer that, that um, sort of yeah it was just it was an awful experience. And she was the most godly person I knew, most godly example in my life, and that made me angry with God. You know how, how could you let someone who loved you so much suffer and die like that so I guess that anger uh, probably translated itself a little bit into who I was and how I related to my, my folks um, and dad um, but after after Port Lincoln and, and becoming someone new born new um, I I appreciated my dad in a whole new way, um, and I, I, I very much admire who he is and mm. the strength he has to show his emotions. I, I don't. I, I've sort of flipped my viewpoint, and I think it really took um, that stubbornness and that um, hard-heartedness and that you know I needed to be tough and much out of me. A man will know um, 
think of David in the Bible, he's a, you know, he, had a, he was a guy that laughed, danced and cried. And, and um, I thought about Dad and I thought about David, so, you know, I wanted to be like him and, and I, I really, I am, I'm a crier. I watch kids' movies and I cry. Um, and I'm not embarrassed about it, it's, it's who I am. Yeah. Uh, and so that restoration between Dad and I, you know, Mum and Dad cried on the phone yeah. when I told them that I committed my life to God and I was coming home. Yeah. That must have been a pretty profound moment for you to, to get on the phone and, and talk to your parents and, and tell that part of your story to them. Yeah, I can't remember whether I told them about Port Lincoln, uh, sorry, about Broken Hill before then or not, or after I came back. But they knew I was lost and they'd been praying for me for so long. Yeah. And uh, they knew the pain that I'd been through. Um, so I think it was just... It wasn't just restoration of the relationship, it was relief that um, I was coming back. Not, not just coming back geographically, but mm. coming back to the land of the living. Yeah. <laughs> and you had a real sense of purpose in life as well? Yeah. Yeah, God was drawing you towards a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. From that moment? Put a couple of things on my heart. Um, one was to come home and be a godly father like my dad had been. To the kids I'd left behind, like that. Another one was about uh, working with different Christian churches in the town, which I did for quite a while. Yeah. 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 So after that moment, did life get better? Did did was there a, a sense that you were complete and you'd made it in life, or was oh, it? all rosy, right? <laughs> you know that. Yeah. yeah. That's what the God, and it's just a piece of cake from there. <laughs> Yeah, obviously I've had uh, challenges along the way, but just the, the blessings outnumber the challenges by a long shot. And uh, since then, the, the uh, Michelle new and improved version has come along, um, and we just had our twelfth anniversary last weekend, actually. So congratulations! Yeah, well, it's been the, the happiest um, twelve years of my life. Yeah, you know, she is my soulmate, and uh, we share our love for God together. And uh, you know, two more beautiful kids, and uh, yeah, it's. I, I just think you know, if if that in that night had broken ill, if God hadn't have hadn't have come to that rescue at that point and, and done what He did, Luke and Sarah, my two older kids, they would have grown up without a dad. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have met. Beautiful Michelle, Naomi and Rebecca wouldn't exist. Mm. Uh, whatever purpose God has for me and is using me for wouldn't be fulfilled. Yes. It's just a, such a waste. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that, you know, if people listen to your story and maybe identify with different parts of it, is there one key thing or a couple of key things that you feel that God has put on your heart to, to encourage other people with? that you want to share with us as we finish? Yes, probably a few key points uh, for me. I, I, I'd love people to hear that, you know, no matter what sort of dark hole you're in, um, you cry out to God, He will rescue you. Mm. Uh, he wants you to cry out to Him. Uh, I guess another message is, uh, especially for all you young blokes, uh, 
don't don't let the macho and the, the need to be strong um, get in the way of um, embracing God and His love for you. Um, and uh, look, the, the really big one for me is uh, life isn't about me. Um, that was such a relief, mm. that, like a burden lifted. It's about God. Mm. I was created for God. It's exciting uh, finding out what his purpose is for me every day. It's sometimes pretty tough too, but um, the relief is it's not about me. I don't have to prove anything. Yes. Yeah. Probably the key. Oh, and I, I guess the, the, the other one is, and I, and I have a prayer in my Bible that is all about this. Don't waste your pain. Yeah. Because your pain and... Um, you know, those hard times, those droughts, those 40 years in the wilderness, whatever they are in your life, there's so much to gain from them, so mm. much to learn. Yeah. It'll be the times you will learn the most. Well, I've learned the most. Yeah. God has a real purpose in, in the good times and the bad times. And and I think that's one of the key messages that I hope everyone um, has been hearing through these last few weeks is that, that God has a plan. No matter what season you find yourself in, if you find yourself on the mountaintop or in the valley, there's something that God wants to show you and whether you can hear it now or you'll hear it um, or you'll look back in hindsight and go, man, God carried me through that time or God helped me through. Um, just believe that God has a plan. He's at work. I want to thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your story and for being so open and vulnerable because I know that that's a, that's a really personal and close story um, that you've shared with us and, and let us in on how you're feeling and, and what's, what's going on for you. And I know that so many people would be encouraged um, from what you've shared this morning, so I want to thank you for it. If this morning um, something that Mark has said, something that's come up in this conversation has caused you to, to think about where you're at, uh, maybe it's you're struggling and you need some help, I really encourage you to, to phone, phone someone, to call someone, to reach out uh, in whatever way you need to, to to get help. You know, we all go through periods of life where, where things aren't great and we need others and we need help um, and God has put others around um, in our life to, to carry us through and to encourage us in those dark times. So I really encourage you not to do that on your own. God has a plan and, um, and the church and people around in our church really want to help um, you and, and whatever situation you're in as, as much as we can. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. So can I really encourage you to, to reach out if you need help during this time. Likewise, if you're in a place and you don't know God as your, as your Lord and as your Saviour, why not put your trust in him? Why not give your heart to him? Why not call out and see him come through for you? He has a plan and a purpose for your life and, and we really believe that. We'd love to, to help you get to know him. We'd love to get you connected to some other Christians in, in whatever way we can. So can I encourage you to do that as well? And just as we finish our time together this morning, I want to pray for us. God, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you so much for the way in which you draw us close to you. God, we thank you for the dark times and the good times in our life and, and the way that you show us who you are in different ways. God, I pray um, this morning for those that, that need a touch from you, that need to hear your voice in a fresh way. God, that you would reveal yourself to them right where they are this morning, right where they're listening. God, that you would help them to know that you are Lord of all, that you are a gracious, loving God. You desire nothing but the best for us. And God, we... We choose to trust you. We choose to put our life into your hands. We thank you for Mark and his story. And we thank you for his testimony of, of the way in which you've drawn him close to you and showed your grace to him. 
God, we thank you for, for all you're doing in our church, in our families, in our own lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. I want to encourage you to stick around. Um, if you've got Zoom and you're watching this on Sunday morning, um, jump on to the Zoom after party. There should be a link in the chat right now. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday.